Hi everyone, welcome back to Zero Waste Step by Step. My name's Emily and this is episode two of the podcast. The first thing you may have noticed is that I'm using a different intro music for this episode and that's because I'm an idiot and whenever I chose the previous music, uh, I knew it was royalty free, but I didn't know that you weren't allowed to use it for podcasting. You can use it for YouTube and visual formats, but you can't use it for audio formats. So I learned that when I came to record the second episode. So we've got this new, lovely, uh, completely royalty free music now that I'm going to stick with. So the first thing I want to address is, and this is really, really embarrassing, <laughs> whenever my parents and one of my friends and then her husband listened to the episode, the first thing they commented on was the fact that I had some sort of weird, sexy porn star voice at the beginning of episode one. And it, it like, I can't even talk about it. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm really, um, I'm trying to speak complete. I think the first episode, I was just a bit panicked and stressed and I was trying to like talk very calmly and it just came over really weird. So I'm just trying to talk really normally in this episode and uh, not come off like I'm making a weird sexy call so hopefully I'm succeeding at that mom and then the next thing I just want to briefly talk about is because I think this um is something that affects a lot of people especially women is that when I was building up to recording this second episode and I was doing some research and planning I suddenly started having these thoughts that I shouldn't be doing this I shouldn't be recording a podcast about zero waste or environmentalism because just I think I had um, a bit of imposter syndrome creeping in I was thinking I, I don't know enough I don't know about climate science my perspectives are too narrow I only know about how it is for me what why should I be sharing my thoughts on this maybe the podcast is going to be too too focused on individual action as opposed to what we know is important which is this systemic change and that's what's going to actually change the climate that's what's going to change the the crisis that we're in currently and then I just had to chill I had to take a moment and just think, right, I can't let all these thoughts overwhelm me. I can't be put off by the fact that I'm not an expert, that I haven't got a degree, some sort of science degree or background, because I do know some things about zero waste. I have been doing this now for a couple of years and trying to apply different things to change my lifestyle and, you know, doing things a little differently. So I know that I can, even though my knowledge is limited. I'm learning all the time. I'm trying to acquire more and more knowledge. And I know there's things that I can share to help people. So I can't be scared to do that. I can't um, be too hard on myself. And yeah, I think, as I said previously, I think women especially are really scared to share their thoughts on topics unless they're absolute experts. But yeah, I know that I don't have to know every single thing about climate change, about the environment in order to to do this podcast. And I think it is valuable to, to talk about these things and to spread awareness and to help in whatever small way I can. So I've decided to continue. Okay, so exciting development. I've decided to add a segment to the podcast. I'm working with the provisional name of Positive Eco News. I'm not obsessed with that title. It probably will change. But the point is, as probably most people who listen to this podcast do. If you're interested in the environment, you probably get bombarded with a lot of negative news, bombarded with a lot of negativity regarding how we're just doing things worse and worse and the climate crisis is getting worse and worse. So I think it's nice sometimes to have some positive news. So I'm going to give a positive eco update every episode so that we have something to focus on so we don't feel as dragged down by it all so that we know we're reminded that there are good things and good developments happening so 
let's uh, cue the music and do the first positive eco update. So our very first piece of positive eco news is that IKEA is opening its very first secondhand store selling refurbished IKEA furniture in Sweden later this year. And this is part of an effort to become a fully circular business by 2030. So what we mean by circular businesses, as we know, traditional businesses have a linear economy, meaning that an item's produced, it's sold to the customer, the customer uses it, and then eventually discards it. So IKEA is trying to break the mold of big companies and turn theirs into a circular economy. So they'll produce the item, it'll go to the consumer and then eventually come back to the company rather than it being the consumer's responsibility to discard it or to produce that waste ikea will take the furniture back and resell it which is excellent so ikea's new secondhand store is going to be called retuner and i just think this is a great initiative so great news from ikea uh good work i hope other corporations follow in their footsteps and we start to see more businesses taking responsibility for the products that they're creating and bringing into the world okay so let's get into today's actual topic and the topic we're going to be talking about today is how to make zero waste work for you so what i mean by that is you can see a lot of zero waste inspiration on social media and you may think you have to model your life on that but the reality is you have to make it sustainable not only for the planet but also sustainable for you long term as in you can implement these practices but if you're only going to be able to keep up with them for a week before you just think i can't keep doing this i haven't got time i haven't got the money it's not going to be sustainable long term for you personally so you have to make zero waste adapt to your lifestyle your budget where you live the things that you have access to so that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. So I'm going to talk to you about some of my experiences, things that um, traditionally been said, okay, this is the zero waste option that you should choose. And then some of the alternatives that I've actually gone for that people may or may not consider to be sustainable. We'll have to see what you think. So this is partly prompted by an article that I read this week um, from a blog called A Little Rose Dust uh, by the author Katie Rose. And the article was called why the zero waste movement isn't sustainable, which seems like a contradiction really, just those two words go hand in hand, don't they, zero waste and sustainable. You often hear me using them interchangeably, but what she means by this is it's not sustainable long-term for individuals who are trying to be more zero waste in their practices. So this article is really interesting. Um, I'll try and link it on my um, Instagram. I think I saw it on Pinterest initially. Anyway, so the things that she covers in this article is basically that zero waste can seem really unapproachable um, from the outside. If you've never heard of it and you're coming to, uh, you've just come across a zero waste page or something online, you can just look at that and think, how can I possibly not produce any waste? It's so far from my, my lifestyle how are people even doing this so it can seem very um, intimidating inaccessible so yeah that's that's the very first thing she mentions then she also talks about people being shamed within the movement so if somebody who's considered to be a zero waste influencer is um, caught doing something like buying something in plastic packaging or taking lots of international flights, they can be questioned on this, like, oh, what, you know, you're supposed to be zero waste. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Um, so that can put people off as well because they feel like they're going to be uh, they're going to be met with shame if they do certain things, if they break away from, they make an unsustainable choice. She also touches on ideas of perfectionism and idealism. So people are scared to even try to make more sustainable choices because they just see it as like an all or nothing kind of 
approach, which is definitely not the case. Like, as I said in episode one, I really, really think it's important just to make changes as and when you can with things that fit in with you. And this is what we're going to be talking about for me personally later. And then she also talks about the restrictive nature of this kind of lifestyle, which is true. So this is one of the quotes from the article that I'm going to read to you. So she said, a lot of people don't want or can't live by a set of restrictive rules. We're going to be so busy worrying about what we can't do, where we can't go, what we can and cannot buy and eat that we're going to forget to even live. I encourage lifestyle changes all the time because I very strongly believe that a few conscious changes and decisions can make a huge difference. But I also know that not every aspect of the movement works with everyone's lifestyle and that's okay. So yeah, I think that's really important what she said here. We can't just forget to live our lives and forget to just, you know, enjoy life if all we're focusing on is every decision and every choice that we're making and whether or not that's the right choice. We do have to remember to live as well. And then the final thing that she talks about is that and one individual can't change the world overnight. So we can't completely stop plastic pollution or stop climate change overnight. But this shouldn't discourage us from if we want to make changes then we should continue to do so. So it's not an all or nothing approach. We shouldn't be discouraged. There's room for everyone who wants to make a change, as she says in the article. Uh, So we should work together to try and do that. So now I'm going to get into the things that I've implemented into my life that make zero waste uh, accessible and realistic and sustainable in the long term for me personally. So I've got a few different categories that I'm going to get into and that take into account um, finances and being conscious in terms of things that I already have uh, as opposed to acquiring new things. So anyway, I'll just get into the categories and we'll talk about uh, each example that I have. So the first category is more packaging doesn't always mean less sustainable. So what I mean by this is, for example, my nan who uses hair dye, I'm sure she won't mind me exposing her, but she dyes her hair blonde these dye kits that she buys have um, like an intensive conditioner that comes with them and she doesn't like the conditioner she I think she thinks it like weighs down her hair because she's only got short hair anyway so she gets these conditioners and she keeps them all and instead of uh, throwing them in the bin she keeps them for my mom and I to use which is brilliant because I basically have a never-ending free supply of conditioner and instead of them being wasted and her just getting rid of them they're going to a good use even though they're in small tubes which is a lot more packaging than say if I got a bar conditioner these are things that are going to be made and bought by my nan already so they're already in existence and I'm just using them up rather than them being wasted so I think that's even though it's not a traditional zero waste option it's still better than them just going in the bin and going to waste so I'm perfectly comfortable even though it is lots of small tubes they do last me a very long time because it's thick conditioner I can probably make each tube last like a month to probably six weeks so it doesn't bother me at all that I haven't switched to a solid conditioner I'm happy to continue using these ones that my nan is getting anyway with her hair dye my second category is making it sustainable but also financially viable so for example, most people when they think of buying uh, rice and pasta and things like spices, they'll tell you just go to a, a bulk store, take your own containers and fill them up and then you've got package free food. So number one, this is not very easy in the area that I live because there isn't really 
there aren't really many package-free shops. You can go to eco-shops where they have a limited number of things in dispensers that you can get without packaging, um, but they don't usually have many things. It's usually some kind of granola or muesli, maybe like one type of rice, and it's usually arborio rice, which is the preferred rice of Spanish cooking for making paella and dishes like that, when generally I prefer to use the long grain rice or basmati rice for the sort of cooking I do. So for example, the eco shop in my little town does have a a package-free dispenser with arborio rice, but I can't get basmati rice. But aside from just that, this is also the way I think about it. I know for a fact that the eco shops that have these package-free dispensers are buying these products packaged in plastic and then they're pouring them into these dispensers. So then they're marking up the prices and you're paying for just your small amount that you're taking away. So I just decided that financially for me, this didn't make any sense. So instead, what I do is I go to, I think in episode one, I told you I have access to a cash and carry. Is it like a restaurant or hotel, large supermarket where you can get things in very, very large uh, quantities. So instead of going to the package free shop and just getting a small amount of rice, I get a giant five kilo bag of rice and spaghetti and pasta so each one is five kilos which is great and they're only okay for a bag of five kilos of pasta it's only three euros fifty which is incredible and i know for a fact if i was buying these things from a package free shop i'd be paying 10 times the price so i'm very comfortable mate with that decision because i know that really all i'm doing is cutting out the middleman and i'm just going straight to the catering sizes that the eco shop themselves would be buying and just doing that myself and then I have i have storage in my kitchen where i can keep the really large bags so that's what i do they last me for months and months and months and all i'm producing there is one large plastic bag rather than uh, maybe what people would normally do which is lots and lots of small bags of plastic so there you go that's what i do in terms of pasta and rice. And then the same goes for spices as well. So I know that in some shops you can buy spices without packaging. That's not the case where I live. There's nowhere, a place an hour away where I could get spices without packaging, but obviously I'm not willing to drive for an hour. So what I generally do is again, in this cash and carry, there are some spices that I can get in very, very large tubs. So I can get black pepper, cumin, paprika, loads of spices in massive tubs, and they literally last me probably about a year. So I'm very comfortable buying those, even though they're in plastic, because the large plastic tubs can then be reused at a later date for storing something else, because they're very sturdy. So yeah, that's a great solution for me as well in terms of finances. Very, very affordable, more affordable than spices from a package-free shop, even if I did have access to that, which I don't, unfortunately. And then finally, one other thing that I get in very large packaging that's very affordable is rose water. I tend to use rose water as a a makeup remover. So it's like I do a two-step cleanse. So I have like an oil cleanser that's in balm form that's in a metal tin. So I'll get all my makeup off with that first and then like a reusable cloth that I put hot water onto. That gets all my makeup off initially. And then just to do a second cleanse, I have rose water that I buy in a one litre bottle and you can get that from, well, I say you can get it from chemists in Spain. That's not true. I've managed to get it from one chemist that's near to where I work. So 
that last I've actually run out and I'm using up an old bottle of micellar water that I had from before I went um zero waste that I'm just using that up before I get my next bottle of rose water but yeah that was really 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 good value it was five euros for a litre and it lasted me months and months and months and it's really good for getting off makeup getting off eye makeup and uh, any leftover face makeup you might have after you've done an oil cleanse so again it's in a big plastic bottle but I'm fine with that because I can't really think of another way that you would get a water-based cleanser the only micellar waters that we have access to are like the uh, the ones in the small bottles in supermarkets so uh, I know that some people buy rose water in glass bottles but I haven't seen that anywhere here there's not really like Asian supermarkets here like you might have in other countries so I haven't seen that um and then I know that some people make rose water from roses that they might have in their garden but Spain's not really a successful country for growing roses I think it's the climate's not right really for that so I don't have access to like fresh roses here either so yeah again like I'm perfectly comfortable buying a massive bottle of rose water and that lasts me a really long time my next category is not taking um, risks for the sake of zero waste so again making it realistic and sustainable long term for you involves not taking any risks when it comes to your health or anything like that so my birth control pill obviously comes packaged in plastic and I mean regardless of that I'm sure it contains animal products like I think it contains lactose and it's probably tested on animals as well like the full shabam however for me right now it's far more sustainable to be getting a birth control pill than for example risking getting pregnant I think having a baby would be far less sustainable right now and definitely not financially viable or what I want right now in my life so yeah the birth control pill despite not being zero waste I can't take any risks in my for my health or for my life right now when it comes to that so I'm not gonna stop taking it for zero waste purposes and I don't recommend that anyone does so if that's if they're feeling guilty about that or any of the medication you have to take don't even let it cross your mind that you should feel guilty it's not true you just have to do what you have when it comes to your health like you just have to take all the precautions in the world and not worry about that whatsoever the same goes and I'm going to actually have a full episode dedicated to this um, zero waste swaps that I won't make so that sounds very negative but it's all things that are important to me that I won't change so for example my dental health is very important to me because I had braces as an adult so I've spent a lot of money on my teeth like all my savings last year and the year before um, were having to go towards this so yeah, I wouldn't want to take any risks in terms of um, not looking after my teeth properly. So for me, it's very important to continue using an electric toothbrush. I'm not going to give that up and switch to a bamboo toothbrush, although I do have a bamboo toothbrush for traveling and so on. I'm not going to stop using an electric toothbrush and um, not buying the little plastic heads. I think I've seen some companies now that are trying to start um, developing bamboo heads for uh, electric toothbrushes which would be absolutely great I would 100% swap to those once I've, I've got a supply that I bought absolutely like probably a year ago or two years ago so I'm using those up first so if a company managed to bring out a successful bamboo replaceable head I'll absolutely use that but um yeah I'm not going to give up toothbrush and I'm not going to give up conventional toothpastes in favor of a tablet like a chewable tablet because I did I bought them I tried them and I just felt like they weren't the same like I'm sure some people will say that's really bad like there's nothing wrong with them they work just as well as conventional toothpaste just for me personally there's lots and lots of changes I've made in my life but that's not one that I'm willing to take the risk on so for me 
at this moment in time and want to continue using the conventional toothpaste and if in the future there's one where I think it's got like a compostable tube or whatever I'd totally go for that I think uh, Colgate developed one this year but because Colgate tests on animals I won't be buying that but if there's a company that's cruelty free vegan that can bring out a sustainable tube I will absolutely go for that but for me personally toothy tabs or any other kind of like toothpaste that's in a tablet form I'm not going to go there it's not for me just coming back to the birth control thing for one minute because I think I'll maybe get questions about this or people might be wondering this why don't I try an alternative method of birth control for example why don't I get the coil or the implant in my arm something like that I just want to clarify I have tried that I had the implant in my arm for I think it was about six months and it was the probably the worst six months I've experienced in a really long time like it was dreadful had really really bad side effects not to be too graphic but I basically had a period for like six months so it was um it was not good and uh, lots of other things as well like I had really bad um spots constantly I couldn't get rid of them uh it just wasn't a good time so yeah I did try doing the implant wasn't for me the coil I really really don't want to go for that like I just I want something that if I want to drop it then I don't have to go to have anything removed I don't have to go through any procedures like I just want to be able to think okay I want to come off the pill and stop I also prefer to be on some people don't like hormonal birth controls they don't like the hormones to be altered in any way I really don't mind like if when I was not on the pill my spots were really really bad I was really hairy like disturbingly hairy to the point where I'd have to pluck my eyebrows every day so these may seem like very superficial reasons to continue to be on the pill but I've been on it for a really long time it's just what I'm comfortable with and I think when it comes to things like that like you just have to do you just have to do you and like just if people are going to criticize you for that just like just don't worry about it like it's not a big deal you just have to do what's what you're comfortable with so that's the case for me so I have tried an alternative birth control I didn't like it um, I wouldn't like to try any methods like um, freestyling kind of methods where you just wing it or you track your temperature or like all those sort of things. That's not for me, like natural cycles or whatever the app's called. Like it's, I just need something that's dependable and I'm going to be 100% certain, well, you know, 99% certain that I'm not going to be getting pregnant. So I'm just going to continue with the pill for now and just, you know, it is what it is. Okay, the next one is kind of just looking at things as a long in a long-term way rather than in a short-term way so what I mean is for example sometimes I use I know Amazon's very controversial and I completely understand why and I do not support um, the way that Amazon has monopolized the market Jeff Bezos obviously is a joke but sometimes I will still buy things from Amazon if they're things that I can't get in a shop in Spain and I can order it on Amazon if it's something that I think is going to be a long-term sustainable solution to a problem that I have and it's going to solve that problem for me completely then I'm happy to sacrifice getting it from Amazon in order to make that sustainable swap so for example I got my safety razor from Amazon with 100 blades and I know that's going to last me a really really long time so I couldn't have bought a safety razor in a shop where I live because that's just not an option if I lived in like Barcelona or Madrid maybe it would be but not in the small uh, village or the, the town surrounding where I live so yeah I was happy to get the safety razor from Amazon even though I know Amazon's not a good company to support because it was a good solution for me in the long run and would stop me buying plastic razors 
when I knew that it would be very difficult for me to get a razor elsewhere. So I think, you know, that's fine. If you need to get something from Amazon that you know you can't get in a regular shop near you, I don't think it's a big deal. My next category is just alternative forms of something that you want to continue buying. So alternative modes of packaging, maybe. So for example, I used to buy bottles of fizzy drinks in plastic bottles before I started the zero waste journey. And I just made the simple swap to cans because as we know, whenever you recycle plastic, every single time you recycle it, it's not really recycling, it's more like downcycling because the material degrades every time you recycle it. However, um, aluminium cans can be recycled infinitely and they'll keep producing the same material and the quality will not lessen. Um, Obviously, aluminium cans come with those plastic rings that hold them all together generally, which is a bit annoying. But in our supermarkets, our local supermarkets, they've actually started using recycled plastic for that, which is great because the market for recycled plastic is just like, it's not great. It's easier and cheaper for companies to use virgin plastic a lot of times. So if people can find a use for recycled plastic, that's really good. So I feel like that's a step in the right direction. It's better than nothing. So just always make sure that whenever you throw those um, ring things away, that you cut them. So you cut every single ring because as we know, wildlife can get caught in the, the rings if you don't cut them so it's just important to take that little step before you pop it in the bin or the recycling whatever is relevant to where you live and then another thing I get in kind of alternative packaging is so like most people I used to buy bleach for cleaning my bathroom just in regular plastic bottles in a liquid form and then I noticed when I was in the supermarket probably two years ago that you could actually buy bleach in a tablet form that you then dilute in water yourself so it's a tiny little container that contains the, the bleach tablets and they are the equivalent to I think six or I can't remember six ten bottles of bleach So yes, one tiny bottle that's replacing all of those big bottles. And more than that as well, more than just the packaging itself, if you think about how heavy a bottle of bleach is and how much energy that takes to transport on a van, it's going to be much more carbon efficient to transport small tablets and and you can transport many more bottles of tablets than you can bottles of bleach. They're bigger, they're heavier, they're bulkier, so they're using a lot more fuel to transport than these smaller bottles of um, water-free tablets would. So obviously... Uh, Some people will say you shouldn't buy bleach at all because it's toxic to our environment and it's just not a good product to to use. But as a person who's coming from just, I don't know, a conventional lifestyle, who's been brought up being told that you need bleach to disinfect things, you need bleach, you know, I use it for my bathrooms, I use it to mop the floor if my dogs have like had an accident or something, I'd feel like I need that to disinfect my house and I think I wouldn't feel comfortable not using it at this point like maybe in the future I'll be like oh my god bleach like I would never but at this point I still feel like I need to use bleach to disinfect my home so maybe like hopefully in the future I'll transition away from that and I'll find an alternative for bleach I've seen some recipes online people saying oh this is a substitute for bleach blah 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 but as it stands currently I'm happy using the bleach tablets rather than the bottles of bleach I used to get through so many bottles of bleach a couple of years ago I would just buy it every single week it would just be part of my weekly shop whereas now those bottles of tablets last me a really long time so oh yeah I'm happy with that as a solution for now and then we'll see in the future maybe I'll reevaluate. okay so my very final category for realistic zero waste or maybe like slightly alternative zero waste swaps that I make is just making things last longer than maybe you should 
or just looking after things generally. So firstly, I think I want to move away from this because I don't think it's a good solution. But I'm again, it's like the same theme of like using things up before you make a switch. So at the moment, I've got a Brita filter to filter the water. It wouldn't really be safe in the area that I live just to drink the tap water. From everything I've read, Spanish water quality is quite bad. I know a lot of people do drink it, but for me personally, like I've read too many things to to be comfortable drinking it. So I do like to filter it. So I've got a Brita filter, but obviously they come with those really big like plastic cartridges that you have to swap out. As I say, I'm trying to find an alternative solution to that and I think I might go bamboo charcoal filters, but I have, I think, two or three more Brita filters to use up. But anyway, my point is, you're told that the Brita filters are supposed to last one month and I'm not recommending that anyone do this. Like, obviously, if you want to change them every single month, you should do. (laughs) But me personally, I'm comfortable using them for longer than that, so I'll usually stretch them to maybe three months, four months, like, until I sort of think, okay, we need to change this now. So, because sometimes I just think, like, is it a marketing ploy? Like, do they just tell you to change them every month because obviously you're going to buy more? Like, I don't know, maybe that maybe that's not true. Maybe that's just me being cynical, but I do use them for longer than you should do, and I don't think it hurts. And then uh, the other thing is I do that as well with food, like if there's like a sell-by date or a uh, consume-by date on food, I don't really pay any attention to it, I just sort of look at it, does it look okay, does it smell okay, and then I'll just eat it anyway, like if it's it seems fine, I just go for it. And the same for makeup, I'm not, again, like, I'm not recommending that you personally do this, like, if you have an expiration date on a bit of makeup, and you don't feel comfortable using it, and you don't want to get an eye infection, I absolutely think that you should throw it in the bin, (laughs) but for me, I've never really had a problem, I've got a bronzer that I've had since I was about 15, it's still going strong, like, there's still loads left, so yeah, I'm perfectly happy just continuing to use it until it's all gone, but I'm sure some people would think that was gross, but, you know... (laughs) gonna live and let live like I'm perfectly happy doing that so I'm gonna continue doing that and then just like generally in addition to that uh, I just really try and look after my things so if I have like clothes or glasses sunglasses like I just try and like I keep on top of them my clothes like I try not to wash them unnecessarily if they're like fine like obviously every time you wash a piece of clothing it sort of degrades it more and more so I just like only wash my clothes when they need absolutely need washing And then if they need fixing, like I won't throw them away. I'll try and like sew them myself or like if there's a button missing, I'll sew it back on. If there's a little tiny hole, I'm not like good at sewing, but like I do my best. Like if there's a little hole, I'll try and sew it up. And yeah, just do what I can to look after my clothes. Or I'll just like think, okay, that t-shirt's getting a bit worn. I'll just wear it around the house or I'll wear it for pajamas. And then when it's absolutely like, right, okay, this is not wearable, I'll cut it up and make it into dusters or whatever. I'm quite inundated with dusters. Like I've done that like probably too many times now and I've got uh, a lot of dusters. So I'll probably have to come up with a different solution in the future. But yeah, that's what's working for me right now. And then other stuff as well. So like I wear glasses, so I try to take care of them and not like throw them around or lean on them too much or, you know, just put them on the floor. Like I try to keep up with them and um, take care of them. So they last me as long as I can possibly wear them. So that's everything I had in my notes then for my kind of realistic, non-Instagram, some of them a bit embarrassing. I don't feel ashamed, like it's just I try and make zero waste work for me in a way that's financially viable, that's like going to be a long term for me. There's lots of swaps that I've made uh, where I've tried a different swap or I've done something differently to maybe what other people do and I just think that's really important. You have to do whatever works best for you and that you're going to want to stick with. You don't feel resentful doing it, you don't feel like it's a chore 
something that fits naturally into your lifestyle and what you can personally deal with so that's what I try to do in my life and these are just some examples so I hope you found it helpful or interesting so just before I go I'm just going to do my win and fail for the week so the fail is very very upsetting for me (laughs) so about probably three months ago I tried to grow some cherry tomatoes from seed okay I I watched a video I thought I can definitely do that that's so sustainable like grow my own cherry tomatoes the only way I can get cherry tomatoes that I've seen in the supermarkets and I never see them at food markets I only see them in the supermarket they're always in plastic so I was like okay I can do this cherry tomatoes are supposed to be one of the easiest vegetables to grow like for beginners let's do it so I've been nursing these cherry tomatoes for like three probably like four months and this week the final three stalks wilted and died. So RIP tomatoes, very depressing. I just, I don't know what I did wrong. I asked one of my partner's friends or like colleagues that that he works with, who's really um, bang into gardening. And I kind of asked him like, what did I do wrong? And I think he said that I packed the soil too tightly and they weren't like getting enough sun. I don't know, like I'm not, I'm not good at gardening. (laughs) I feel very dispirited, feel very disheartened. I don't want to try it again for a while. I'm just going to like get over the loss of the tomatoes, like process my grief. And then maybe I'll, like, I'll try something new in the future. But um, yeah, it's really sad. I've been like nurturing these tomatoes for like a long time and it just didn't work out for me. But you know, it is what it is. It's a bit sad, but hopefully I'll have more success in the future when I've got over this. <laughs> and then my win that I wanted to tell you about was, so I recently moved house and I needed to get an office chair and I'm actually sitting on it at the moment and um, I had an absolute bargain, secondhand bargain so I was just browsing Facebook Marketplace and I think the key for buying something secondhand that you really need is patience so I, if I think I need something I might wait weeks or even months like I just really keep my eye on Facebook Marketplace and another app that we have here which is called Wallapop and I was so thrilled that I was patient and I waited because I managed to find an office chair in perfectly good condition to be fair it does squeak so whenever I'm recording the podcast I have to sit really still but other than the squeak it's perfect so yeah it's an office chair on wheels uh, in black and it was 10 euros like can you believe it so absolutely thrilled with that whenever I moved house a couple of weeks ago so I just thought I'd tell you about that little win and just the tip of keeping on top of Marketplace. And you can set notifications as well if you're looking for a particular thing and then it'll notify you when those things become available. So yeah, just being patient and looking out for the things that you need. And usually somebody will be selling something that you're looking for. So hopefully you'll get lucky if you're looking for something at the moment. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, really appreciate you being here and as I say give me a follow over on Instagram oh my god I don't think I've even told you what my Instagram is uh, it's zero waste underscore podcast uh, so yeah if you want to follow me over there for little updates and sometimes I put things on my story and stuff I did a, a zero waste sink tour uh, at the weekend just to show you what things I use to wash up and whatever so if you're interested in that you can go and give me a follow on Instagram and if you've got any questions you can send them over and I think I'm going to be doing episodes every two weeks because I'm going to do every week but I don't think it's going to happen I think it's far more logical for me to do every two weeks so I have more time so I'll see you in two weeks time bye